Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the Anxiety Chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the Anxiety Chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Cepanera. And I'm Taylor. And we're excited to be back with you for another amazing topic. I'm excited about today's topic because Taylor suggested this, and I feel like we haven't talked really about this a lot, but I know a lot of people that have um, struggled with this. I personally haven't, but I know that a lot of people have, and especially if you struggle with health anxiety. So this is going to be talking a little bit more in depth about health anxiety and the different type of symptoms and the way that health anxiety looks for people sometimes. I know it's all different, but um, I, yeah, I, I'm excited about today and I kind of want to just like jump into it. Well, actually, why? How are you, Taylor? Let's just do a quick hi. I, I guess we can we can both tell everyone that we both have allergies and yes. they're annoying us. Yes, <laughs> so if you're sitting exactly. at home with allergies, I don't know about you, but my DMs lately have been like, "What do allergies feel like to you? Like, what are the symptoms you have?" And I'm like, "Oh yes. gosh, they can actually they can feel pretty." pretty different to everyone, I would say, because sometimes you look it up and a lot of people, they just have scratchy eyes, which I get that too. But sometimes I can even get uh, a bit of like a woozy head, if that makes sense. Like kind yeah. of, I think the equilibrium gets a little messed up in me because you, you have like congestion in your head. So of course, it's going to give you a little bit of an off balance feeling. And so I said that to someone one day and they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that that could happen. Thank you so much for telling me that. I was uh, about to go to the ER thinking I'm having a stroke every day. Oh and my I'm God. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can be. I know that um, my mom, she actually has them really bad. She needed to get shots for them. Yes. Because yeah. she was getting sinus infections a lot. And those can yeah. be really debilitating. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're uh, – for me, I get like head – I get like he the headache right head above pressure. my eyes. Yes. Yep, yes. Right above my eyes. I sneeze. I'll probably take a Zyrtec today or something like that. Um, I don't. I usually okay, so, only take it. With that. Yeah, Zyrtec makes my heart race. Oh yeah, yeah. See, yeah. everything is different for everybody. I know. It's so it's helpful weird. for me, like because I. Same with my mom. Yeah. My um, I usually will like just sneeze like every two seconds, and like even before <laughs> this, I was telling Taylor, I'm like, hold on, can I just get a tissue? And I just like blew. <laughs> I'm not gonna blow my nose in the microphone, you guys. Um, but anyway, if you're struggling with that this time of year. We see you and we feel you and we hope yeah. you can feel yes. better. Yes. But You're that's pretty much how we're – yeah. Hope everyone yeah. had um, a good, you know, couple weeks. Um, we're recording this like the day after Mother's Day. So we hope everyone had a good Mother's Day. I don't know when you'll be hearing this, but it's a special day. But for some people, it's actually a really difficult day. I posted mm -hmm. about that on my um, Instagram. And so you can kind of go back and look at that if you want. It's – it got so many comments just about how it's it can be a really difficult day for people. Yes. And, um, you know, just I think brings up a lot for all types of people that either lost their mom or, you know, wanted to be a mom and somehow couldn't be a mom or longing to be a mom. And maybe they just haven't been able to do that yet. Um, people that have strained relationships. So just, you know, keep things in perspective um, that sometimes yes. those days are a little bit harder for people. But um yeah, so that's pretty much update. My relationship's doing good. Um, you know, I'm not going to go too much into that, but 
yeah, it feels like it's good. If anyone's like interested in really hearing more about it, I'm happy to talk more about it. But I've gotten a little bit of feedback saying they'd like when we go back right into topics. So I don't want to talk too much <laughs> about our lives. Maybe we will, you know, in other episodes, we'll start, we'll do like an actual like update episode. I feel like just like yeah. about our lives and you guys can choose to listen if you want or not or skip it. 100%. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's talk about exercise anxiety. And yeah, so since you kind of brought this up, I'm curious. Yeah. Just hear your feedback first about it. I know. I texted you and you were just like, hmm. Like her, her response was literally just, hmm. And I was like, cause, cause it's not something that everybody experiences, but I think I think a lot of people with health anxiety do feel this way. And I know I felt this way. Like I just had such convictions in my head that I was unwell, that I had these. So it's kind of like you create these things, these connections to things that aren't true, but you firmly believe that they're true. Like you believe that going on a walk or going on a run will make your heart stop. But in reality, that's not how health issues happen. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like a, a run or a walk isn't like the trigger of heart attacks for most people or, or, or strokes. You know what I mean? Like it's like right. that, that just happens. It's going to happen whether you're sitting on the couch or you're walking. It's not like you're going to stop it by just sitting still. And I had this weird theory when I had anxiety when, or when I had health anxiety really bad is that me almost like sitting still and not like exerting myself or like, I don't know. I, I just felt like I, I could prevent things. It was a very weird thought that I was so convicted on. Mm. Like I just truly believe that being like sedentary or just like staying in my safe spot kept me safe. Well, so that might actually be your, um, your sympathetic nervous system, the way that you respond to danger or perceived danger, right? Like we have a fight or flight response or freeze or fawn mm -hmm. is a new concept I'm learning about. Um, but it sounds like maybe you're in that kind of like freeze response that you just shut down when you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't really want to move or do it. You kind of just like freeze there for a little bit. Is that? I think I just like had such a fear of something happening to me and I felt in my head that getting my heart rate up was dangerous. Like I had that thought in my head that when mm. I get my heart rate up and and so going into the topic, why people feel this way also is because the symptoms of exercising or not even symptoms, like the feelings of exercising, especially mm -hmm. when you've taken a lot of time off, are exact with panic attacks sometimes. So when you feel that way, one, when you have panic disorder every single day, you're like, why would I Why would I induce something right now? Like, why would I induce this feeling? I'm trying to like dodge this feeling and now I'm going to induce it. It's like, no, you just have all these thoughts of, uh, you know, just not being able to come back down from that, right? Like I felt like, well, what if I couldn't get my heart rate to come back down? It was just very, I mean, when you're in that mindset too, you're just in a very irrational state of mind, especially yeah. when you're really deep into it. So yeah. it's just, you couldn't convince me otherwise. Like I remember my first walk down the street was just like, I literally was, I won a gold medal. It was just, it was mm. so real to me though. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I wish then that I would have looked at just the limited belief I had, the black and white thinking, the polarized thinking I had then. Right. 
That's very CBT You really of have you to sit to back. So if you're listening, very, very CBT of me. Uh, you you got to sit back and look at that. You know, like you have to be like, is this a logical thought? And then like yep. writing about it because I I didn't know any of this back then. I didn't know that. You know, I felt like it was so true. Like I was doing something that was probably saving my life. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm preventing a heart attack or whatever. I thought I was preventing. And so I think sitting there and looking at your thoughts in a way of, okay, is this thought logical? Like, let me think about this. You know, like, okay, I think I'm going to have a heart attack if I go on a walk. Have I ever had a heart attack when I've went on a walk? Do you hear about people going on walks and having heart attacks? Is this a logical thing? You know, mm-hmm. and then, and then I think educating yourself, this is what helped me. So going to the doctor, I would say step one, we always say that, right? Yeah. So I mean, we, you want to, you go to the, yeah, you feel crazy, right? Like you feel like, oh my gosh, like my heart's failing, blah, blah, blah. So you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, hey, you're fine. Your heart's fine. Right. That's mm-hmm. what my doctor said to me. So I went mm-hmm. home and I did nothing about that. What I want other people to do is go home and, well, I did nothing about that for like half a year. And then I got to this point where I remember I was like, I can't, like, this isn't healthy. Like we also have to remind ourselves that like, honestly, that was very unhealthy of me to just sit in fear because being sedentary is so, so detrimental to your mind and your body. Like your, your body, your blood needs to flow. Your heart is a muscle educating yourself on your body, your lymphatic system. It's got to drain and it drains by moving your body and not just being sedentary. And just like how we have to work out our biceps to keep them strong. If we're not working our heart out, it's it's not going to be healthy and strong. So we have to work our heart out. Totally. These are good things. And I think changing the, changing the thoughts in my head from dangerous to good, these are good things for me. Yeah. When we work out, our, our uh, endorphins are released, our feel good. Like we're meant to move. Look at our ancestors. They didn't sit. Yeah. <laughs> they moved There's all day long. I yeah. mean, they had to go. We're just in an immediate society, right? Where we have the option to sit. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's a you know the way that I I work with my clients and what the way what you described about kind of how you shift your brain is very cognitive behavioral, um, which is like my bread and butter. And I loved when you said that that helped you because that's essentially the type of training I've had and that's helped me throughout my healing journey too. Um, is really kind of asking myself questions when I'm feeling highly anxious and challenging the types of thoughts that I have. And um, something that's really helped a lot of my clients kind of grasp that concept a lot better is trying to think of your mind as like two parts, right? We have a reactive mind and we have a logical mind. And so our reactive mind is where like all of our anxiety is, right? We just react Mm -hmm. to things. Our brain has all of these thoughts all the time that um, you know, like you, when you have anxiety, you feel like your reactive mind takes up probably like 90% of your brain. And then the logical part is like 10%. And in the work that I do is trying to kind of rewire the way the brain, the way the brain is. And so the lo- I want the logical brain to like take up 90% and the ang- anxious brain maybe to only take up 10%. So being able to kind of identify that you have two parts of your brain and in these moments, like your, re- your reactive brain is going to try and scare you 
into all of these things. It's going to try and tell you and make you believe that like all these things are going to happen, right? They're going to catastrophize. You're going to think of the worst case scenarios. You're going to jump to conclusions. You're going to try and predict what's going to happen to have control, but your logical brain is still there. And so you want to tap into that part of your brain and and say to yourself, okay, well, what's my logical brain saying right now though, right? My logical brain is basically saying, hmm, no, I, I know this rarely happens. This hasn't happened to me. I've read up on things. You know, this is not how it happens. The research says this. You think about the facts. And you, you also use your logical brain to kind, kind of help talk to yourself differently, right? Like, you're safe right now. You're okay. This is what, you know, you've had some feelings like this before, but you've made it through that. And so trying to kind of really just look at your your mind as those two parts and recognize that the more that you use your logical brain, it's going to increase. Like it's going to get bigger, right? That little 10% is going to get bigger. And it takes a practice, just like you said, it's a muscle and we have to practice those skills um, in order to really just make it a habit that we think more logically um, and less reactive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it can it can feel really, really difficult in those moments when you feel like you're having a panic attack. I mean, like people say, well, I go from like zero to 60 and I don't even know I have a panic attack and it literally comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so that is, I think, the hardest part that with exercise, sometimes people can feel like, I think the racing heart is probably the uh, one of the scariest symptoms, like racing heart and the heart palpitations. And of course, when you're working out or moving your body at a high intensity, your heart is going, your heart rate is going to increase. <laughs> that's just what happens when you exercise. Right? I think and- that's it. I think that's a huge part is like just, it's almost like you forget these things. When you're in that such irrational mind, you forget the logical things, right? Like you just said. So I think reminding yourself that. When we move our body, when we exercise, when we do these things, what happens, right? Our blood gets flowing. When your blood gets flowing throughout your body to be able to move your arms and move your legs, your heart's going to pump faster because the blood flows through your heart. So with that being said, it's a normal reaction. And I think we have to remind ourselves that because we're so used to this reaction happening at abnormal times that you forget that there are normal times when your heart should race. Yeah. And I think that what happens is every little physical symptom that someone has, mm-hmm. that's when their brain starts spiraling. Oh my gosh, yes. what's happening to me, yes, right? Yes, like yes. just because your heart is racing, it doesn't mean that it can lead to a panic attack, right? It's not yes. always going to. Um, if you're having shortness of breath, that doesn't mean that it's going to lead to a full-blown panic attack. And remember, you can't die from a panic attack. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Um, you will recover from a panic attack. It might feel not like that in the moment, but it is a fact that no one has ever died from a panic attack ever. Right. Um, so, you know, being able to recognize, and that's also a brain exercise, right? Is to recognize, Mm -hmm. okay, wait, I'm having this physical symptom. What's going on? Let's just step back. You know, and it is very, very hard, but that's the whole reason why we want to practice some of the things that you've been talking about, cognitive exercises, but also the like grounding strategies and the breath breathing exercises. That's Mm -hmm. why it's so important to practice those things every day, even when you're not anxious. Because if you get in a habit of doing those things, 
when you start having these physical symptoms, you'll automatically know what to do. Like you'll automatically have this toolkit and tools of things that that you'll be able to say, oh my gosh, wait, I have been practicing this. I want to try this. It, you won't just feel like lost and and so disassociated. Mm-hmm. At least it, it'll be less intense as time moves on. Yeah. Like, like you got to put in the work when you're not panicked. I feel like a lot of people, they want to get a bunch of help when they're in the midst of a panic attack and you're not going to really be able to help yourself at that moment. And so that's why this education prior to going into exercising or prior to starting everything again is so important rather than trying to just work on things when you feel panic. Because that's what I did for like a year. I didn't, mm-hmm. I just expected anxiety to go away and I never put in the work. I put in the work when I was having panic attacks, right? And that will never help you because you're in such an irrational state of mind that getting down from that is nearly impossible and you kind of just have to ride the wave because you're fighting it, right? If you're trying to work on getting the anxiety down in the midst of a panic attack, you're fighting it in a sense. So you're supposed to just ride it out like, okay, I'm feeling panicked right now and that's okay. Like this will pass. Right now I'm just going to take care of myself. Like right now is not the moment to like learn CBT, you know? So it's like- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think another thing that helps is getting back into shape. I didn't know this was a thing. Mm. So when you first start exercising again after being like completely sedentary, which a lot of people are with like mental health issues, like some people say they literally stay in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna feel different than you've ever felt. You might be like, I never used to feel anything when I was like a kid who used to run on the ballpark or whatever you're going to feel a lot of weird things. And I think educating yourself on that is so important. You might have some chest twinges, right? You might feel short of breath. Your heart rate might be a little bit higher than when you used to work out. Uh, You're going to have a little bit of muscle fatigue the next day. No, you're not losing, you're not paralyzed. You know, it's like reminding yourselves, I would say before you start working out again, creating a list of symptoms that could happen from exercising. And accepting those and being okay with those, being like, this could happen and that is okay. Like, it will pass, I will get through it, and my body will get back into shape. And then educating myself on that really helped me. And then getting into a plan. So a plan for me was like, today, a goal, like for some people, is literally to just walk to the stop sign from your house. Exactly. Yeah. And so you start with that. Don't go outside and try and run six miles. Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah, you're going to feel a little crazy. Um, so I would do that and I'd be like, congrats, Taylor. Like what a victory. So I I remember, honestly, I miss that feeling of like being proud of myself. I was so dang proud of myself at those little victories. Like it honestly makes me sad, not sad, but it makes me realize how much like health anxiety makes you so appreciative of the littlest things. When I was going through my worst of health anxiety, I'm telling you these walks, I was so, I I think I even called my mom after that and was like, oh my gosh, like I walked down the block. Like what? Like, but it it was so real to me then. I was like, wow, I did it. And like, look, I didn't have a heart attack. I didn't pass out. I didn't, nothing happened to me. Like I'm okay. And so getting through that, that's your hardest part, right? So then we're bringing in a little bit of exposure therapy here. And so you're exposing yourself to a little bit of it, right? You're sprinkling it in. You're not going to go and go on a one-hour uh, one walk. That's, that's not smart because you're going to freak yourself out. 
So sprinkle it in a little bit each week, add in a little bit more, push yourself a little bit more. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to run today. And I remember I was like, I've been, I literally said this to myself. I was like, I've been checked out. Sitting on the couch isn't going to do anything for me. I got to feel the fear and do it anyways. And then I was like, I have to run. And if something happens to me, something happens to me. And even if I will be okay. Like I had to honestly just accept that mindset of like, if I pass out, like, I I guess I go to the ER, but like, I can't prevent this stuff anymore. Like I had to accept that. You almost have to get to a point where you accept something happening. And so I was just like, yeah, yeah, I was like, like, even if, you know, like if I pass out, like, yes, yes. This was after like a, a good amount of time of just like walking and whatever. And then you just, yeah, I had to remind myself I've been cleared. I, I know I might feel a little uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyways. And if something happens to me, then, you know, I, I you have to get to a point of acceptance. And that's yeah. hard. That takes time. Like, I'm not telling you to get there overnight, but it's it's a buildup. It's a it's like, do you see how it's like a you start you smart, you start with just like writing out these things, right? Writing out the symptoms, writing out what what could what you could feel, then taking the action, taking the exposure and then you build it into bigger things. And then, cause a lot of people say that they feel, and I felt this way too, cause I was a big, I was an athlete my whole life. And I was, I was a big runner right before I started having a uh, really bad panic attacks, literally like leading, like literally the day I had my worst panic attack, I had done like a four mile run, but so it was, it was depressing on top of it, on top of it, it was depressing having that stole from me. I remember I was so depressed and that brought in depression. I like moving my body was such a important thing to me. It made me feel good. And so a lot of people have, have messaged me and been like, I just, I hate that it's been stripped from me. Like it just feels so sad because I oh, love yeah. working out. You oh know? yeah. Well, and that's, that's such a, uh, it's, it's such a therapeutic tool for a lot of people, right? It's like mm-hmm. part of their toolkit that, that helps, uh, helps them feel, um, just calmer. I, I know for me, it's, I think, um, what you brought up before about how it's important to recognize that moving your body and not just like, and I'm not, I personally am not talking about like having to be a gym rat and like go to the gym every day for like an hour and like do high car intense cardio, like any type of movement for your body is going to give you, you know, is going to produce serotonin and, and like dopamine and, that's when you move your body and when you when you do exercise it produces those chemicals which are the chemicals that basically help balance your body out and quote unquote feel good um mm-hmm. and i mean there's like hundreds of research studies on that <laughs> so yes. this is like based on science it's like not like we're just saying that there's you can just google or look up the benefits that moving your body and exercise has not only on your heart but on the brain chemistry so if you think about it like that, um, you know, you're doing something that is actually good for you, but you also do want to find a balance. Like for me, I hate running. I will never be a runner. I will maybe jog a little bit, but that's not where I get my – it's not therapeutic for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Therapeutic. But I could go hiking for like four hours. Yeah. Like I could literally just go hiking and even go up down hills. Like that's in my mind. You're you're getting similar movement. I mean, I don't care really about calories. I'm not that type of person. I'm not like, oh my gosh, it's 
I think um, there's pressures on people to actually think about that so much when it comes to working out. But for me, it's more of like, I do want to just like feel good. I want to feel strong too. I don't just want to look a certain way. Like, and it's not about it. It's like, I want to feel strong and being outside for me is so therapeutic. So being able to like do some type of movement outside just feels good for my mind and my body. Um, so I think it's like finding what works best for you and And yeah, and just recognizing that, yes, it doesn't – You, sh- if you have been sedentary or you're like – definitely ma- it's a progression, you know? Make a goal for yourself every day for a week to walk to your mailbox, right, mm-hmm. or something. If you're someone who really is more like agoraphobic and is struggling getting outside, make make it a goal to try and do that a couple times a week. And then the next week, if you feel like you've – are doing better, make it a goal to walk around the block a couple Mm -hmm. times. And then after that, maybe you walk around the block twice. So starting gradually, yes, is so important. I agree with you there. Yeah. Another thing is like what you said about the uh, calorie stuff. Yeah. It's it's, it's not about calories, guys. And a lot of times there's people, I, I see this all the time in my practice, who are just so exercise focused and they don't even focus on their diet. Diet is everything. If you're worried about weight loss, the exercise honestly is just a little a little sprinkle. But exercise is mostly about our muscles and staying in our cardiovascular best cardiovascular shape because a lot of people with health anxiety, they worry about heart issues, right? And like you said, there's so much science to back up all this. So um, something I recommend you doing is take the number 220 and minus your heart. I mean, minus your age. So that's your max heart rate. Um, you want to get to about 60 to 80% of your max heart rate for about 60 to 90 minutes every single week. So you want to mix in a bunch of different workouts. And this is like proven for cardiovascular uh, shape. So finding things that work for you, like you said, you're not, you don't want to run. Like you're not a runner, but have you ever tried like Zumba or uh, uh, roller skating or riding a bike? Something that it, it is so important to do yoga and all that is amazing. Yes, we should do yoga. You could do yoga every day. You know, like that's something, unless you're doing like a hard yoga, like a hot yoga or something, yeah. but sprinkling in different low intensity workouts with hot, not, you don't even have to do high intensity, but more of just like getting your heart rate to that 60 to 80% is where a lot of different muscles are being, not muscles, but like parts of your heart are being worked. Like you really want your heart to pump. Um, and not for long periods of time. I'm not telling you to go on a one mile, I mean, a one hour run, but like just even 15 to 30 minutes, three times a week, uh, doing some type of workout to get your heart rate a little bit higher. And there, like I said, there's so many different workouts that are almost like so hobbies or fun. Yes. Yeah. Like YouTube, so there's so many like dance videos that can be like even a releasing of like muscle tension by just like moving your body and uh, I got roller skates. Roller skates are pretty fun. Oh my I love gosh. riding my so bike. I need to bring them yeah. back. And like rollerblading. I know that's like so 80s, but I know people that still like love to rollerblade. I don't even know if you can find them anywhere now. Um, but yeah, and and I love biking. So biking yeah. is something that I, I'll do, you know, when it's getting nice, which is so nice. But there's so many different things you can do and so many different types of even like workout classes. Yes. Right, that you can oh my do gosh. at yes. different gyms. 
like there's hip hop class. I know I went to a hip hop class once. I loved it. Um, and I went to a trampoline class before oh, wow. where you basically work out on a trampoline. It is hard. I mean, yes, I went you so guys good try for it, your lymph. So good for your lymphatic system. I mean, have you read the benefits on jumping on a on a trampoline? No, I probably should have. Oh, but like after that, gosh. it was so intense, and I just needed to like go to a less intense one. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. It was just too much for me, and I wanted to do like maybe twenty minutes of whatever I was doing. <laughs> so I was like, this is just. It was like I again. I'm not this intense like Orange Theory. No, 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 no. <laughs> I um, love Orange Theory. Yeah, I know there's people that like love and they're like so into it. I think it's some great people are like, yeah, it. some people are like team addicted Orange Theory. But I also think for me, I'm not a competitive person, even with myself. Mm-hmm. So like you have to have that type of like personality, I feel like, to care what numbers say. And honestly, I could care less the next person next to me if they're running like a mile, you know, a mile every two, a minute or something. I don't know. And I'm just like, oh, I hope you're having fun. I mean, like, I am not <laughs> care about any of that. So, like, I think that those things are really great for people that are like really they they want to, or if they're like if they are like training for a marathon or something or training for something. I feel like that's another thing about that type of um, exercise, like being a runner. I feel like that's such a great accomplishments for so many people to want to just train for something and they have a goal, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And they, and uh, you know, maybe that's something that you guys, that you guys listening that have thought about in your life, but haven't done like maybe a 5k that's, you know, only three miles or something, right? Like start with a 5k or you don't need to be like sprinting it. Maybe you jog and you see how you do and you can start kind of doing something like that. Um, but yeah, I I get I need to be creative with my exercise because I do not like that type of stuff. Okay, so, so I, something I love, and you might like this because you live in Philadelphia. Have you ever heard of Class Pass? Yes, yes, I actually I did it. Love Class Pass because yeah. there's so many guys like every type of workout you can think of, from the most like yoga, slow yoga to the highest intensity CrossFit, you know, crazy gyms are on this app. And that's where I like pick my workouts for the week. So I'll do like a couple mega reformer Pilates, then I'll go to a Versa climber class, and then I'll do a strength training class and then a cycling class. And I love just like, yeah, it's like trying new things, first of all. Second of all, being around like people uh, that are wanting to be healthier too. You're going to meet a lot of people who are interested in health. Uh, and just if you feel a safety thing, I think some people, they might feel more safe, like knowing most of those gyms, first of all, have a defibrillator. So I always say that to myself. I'm like, okay, if I go down, like they can revive me. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's a mind, it's a little mindset. And then you're, you're around a bunch of people, likelihood of someone being a nurse or doctor. Like it's it's it helps rather than just being at your house trying to do a workout. You're like, who would help me if I pass out, you know? And so uh look into class pass if you have never tried yeah. it. I I really, really like it. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to just try all different yeah. types of things. And then you get to see like what you're a fan of or what you're not, right? And you can do. Yeah. I know one thing, one thing I did, I have done, and this is usually, I mean, a lot of this too, which stinks for me, is I love being outside. And so in the winter, it gets really hard for me to be creative yeah. with my, you know, and wanting to like really move my body. But um I love to golf. 
And so I will sometimes do like nine holes at a public course, but I'll walk with my clubs mm-hmm. instead of taking the golf cart. And yeah. you're basically carrying like 15 pounds on your back <laughs> as you walk to each hole. Yeah. Um, but you know, you don't underestimate that. Like that's no. really, that's a really good workout actually. So, and I love, I love just playing golf. I'm again, so not competitive. It's just fun for me to be outside and hit a ball. Um, but it's, you know, get creative in those types of things. And I think there's some other things too that are really good um, that people don't realize that they're actually burning calories, like cleaning your house or vacuuming, right? Like cleaning and like straightening things up in your house. Maybe you're, you need to move, like, obviously be careful if you're, you know, moving furniture or something, you don't want to like take your back out. But um, I know like when I'm going to clean my bathroom, I know I'm going to be like sweating and I'm going to be like getting into the nooks and crannies of a shower and I'm really like moving. Like I'm actually where my heart rate's like increasing by doing these like movements of cleaning and stuff. Um, I'm just trying to think of like other things that I do that I know. Oh, just like organizing stuff in my house. It takes like work. Um, even like, like sometimes you think you're sitting down a lot, but even like gardening, sometimes you're like mm-hmm. pulling weeds and then like you're going to the trash can and like coming back. I'm just trying to think of like other things that actually make you like move your body a lot that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah. Yeah. All that definitely. I know some people they're like, oh my gosh, I was cleaning the house and my heart rate got up and it scared me. And it's like, no, that's normal. You're moving your body around. Like you're going up, up, maybe up and down mm-hmm. the stairs. It's like, it's going to happen. So that's actually a good point because people that when, when things start happening and your, and your heart rate starts increasing, I wonder how many people are doing sort of like day-to-day things that actually do kind of increase their heart rate. Right. And they're thinking, right. well, I was just cleaning. I don't know why, but you know, maybe they were, <laughs> you know, really like me scrubbing that bathtub and yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. It, Even just moving your laundry from the washer to the dryer. Sometimes I'm like, whoo. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's also maybe another thing like that we should point on is like I think you could sometimes take that as, oh my gosh, like something's happening to me and you could run wild with that feeling. But that's a that's a normal reaction. And I think normalizing normal reactions, sometimes when you have health anxiety, you almost like forget of how you used to feel because you weren't focused on it. Like you just moved the, like before you maybe had extreme health anxiety, you just moved your laundry from the washer to the dryer. You didn't think about your heart rate or feeling out of breath. And now you do. So now it feels different. But in reality, you've always felt that way. You're just more aware. And I think that's another thing. You might be like, oh, something must be wrong with me. Like on this walk, I feel just my, I can feel my heart. I can feel all these things, but you're just more aware now. And health anxiety and anxiety is you just are aware. You were never aware. It's all the same. You still, you're still the same person. You're just aware. And I think that's what scares people. Yeah. And once you have, I mean, I know we've talked about this before and this, I think, is true for both of us is like once you actually have a panic attack i feel like your brain just goes your brain just changes mm-hmm. like the experience of a panic attack is so traumatic traumatic yeah that, yeah that you know if there's any any symptoms or anything that mimics anything that you remember experiencing it your brain just literally goes to that place of fear if you feel yeah. it at all a little bit and I think being, like you said before, when we exercise, 
there are very similar ways our body responds to working out just as Mm -hmm. if, you know, we had, we're panicking. So yeah, our, our awareness is heightened. You know, we're like hypersensitive, I feel like to a lot of things. Yeah. And, and the awareness actually can be a good thing too, because you want to recognize that like, okay, I'm aware of these feelings. I'm aware physically of what's happening to me, but I know it's not dangerous. You Mm want to make, you know, that's the cognitive part of it is trying to like train your brain to remind, you know, to to think about why you're not in danger and asking yourself those questions, all that stuff. Um, But also remembering that, you know, one thing I will say that I probably talk about a lot on these episodes is the number one tool, like in my toolkit that I practice every single day, no doubt a couple times a day is breath work because- Mm -hmm practicing a certain type of breathing is going to automatically activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest response. So being able to practice certain breathing exercises is automatically going to help you regulate your nervous system. So whether it's box breathing, rectangle breathing, four, seven, eight breath, um, breathing from your diaphragm or belly breathing is one of the most effective type of um of of breath work. I mean, if you go on YouTube and just type in breath work for anxiety, hundreds of videos will come up and I would just practice every day a 2 to 5 minute video of of a breathing exercise and just get used to breathing differently cuz you can use your breath to help you anywhere you go. And for me, I consciously use belly breathing now more than I ever have. Like even when I'm feeling – like even right now, like I'm just belly breathing. I mean it's just so automatic for me now that I don't really breathe from my chest. I breathe from my diaphragm. And it's I'm telling you, it's just such an incredible way to really regulate yourself. So if there's one, one you know, tool to use and practice starting today that will just help you regulate yourself – even especially even when you're exercising too, um, it's it's just like the breath work and and really practicing that. I would say, absolutely. I love all yeah. that. I think that's a good little starter for everyone who is sitting at home and they're like, "I want to be back to where I was, but I'm scared." Yes, one hundred percent. It's I also agree. okay to feel scared. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Please validate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so okay to feel scared. Just the problem is with anxiety, you don't know, like you you just feel scared all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't really know if your fear is real or if it's perceived of something. And so, you know, all of these things can help you come back to a more balanced state. Um, but yeah, was there any other, any other th- tips or anything else you wanted to share, Taylor? No, I think, I think that's a good little, little starter kit for everyone. Yeah, I agree. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, rate, review, subscribe if you like it. Share our podcast with people. We'd love to have everyone um, around the world just to hear what we have to say because I think it's nice to talk a little bit more about these things since there's still such a stigma. Um, yes. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month, and I'm just really trying to raise a lot more awareness. I mean, I try to every single day, but I just like to acknowledge that it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, but anyway, yeah, 
Thank you guys so much. We will be back with another episode as soon as possible. And we love you guys. And make sure to DM us if you uh, want any um, – any you have any like topic ideas or something like that for our podcast, do that. So the Anxiety Healer on Instagram, health underscore anxiety is Taylor. Um, also grab the Anxiety Healer's Guide. It will be in the show notes. It's uh, Coping Strategies and Mindfulness Techniques to Calm the Mind and Body. That's my book. That's uh, a lot of great feedback, a um, lot of breathing exercises, grounding tools, um, coping techniques, distraction ideas, journal prompts to heal the mind and body, all science-based. talk a lot about other tools that I love like progressive muscle relaxation and EFT tapping, um, all proven to calm the nervous system. So grab that. If you can, you can buy it on Amazon. Link is in the show notes. And anything else you want to no, shout that's out? that's it. All right, you guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.